0: I've, I've just enjoyed learning new things and, and just being someone that my teammates can, can count on, not only on the ice, but, but off the ice. So um, hopefully moving forward, I can still continue to have that role, but also be more of an impact player. Hello and welcome to
1: another episode of the Founding Four podcast. I am your host, Erica Ayala. The voice you just heard at the top of the show was that of Rebecca Moose Morse. Rebecca joined me in a conversation in June to talk about re-signing with the Riveters, if she's a forward, if she's a defender, why over the summer she considered herself Switzerland, and much, much more. So without further ado, here is my full interview with Moose. First off, I, I got to ask you this question. I, I feel like I might have asked you this question before, but I honestly don't remember. So mm. the first time I met you, I introduced myself. I go, hey, America. You know, I'm in the autograph line. And you're like, hey, I'm Moose. And I was like, oh, I don't I don't remember that name on the on the, you know, on the <laughs> roster. But that's cool. So uh, how'd you get the nickname Moose?
0: <laughs> I've never told you before. No, wow.
1: I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I was like, how do I
0: not know this? I think that is that that it sounds like how I would introduce myself, you know, in a hockey environment. (laughs) But uh, the nickname came actually when I was like 11 or 12 years old. And I had a girl on my team who had a terrible, terrible speech impediment. And she had trouble pronouncing her R's. So when she said Morse, it kind of sounded like Moose. And then all my teammates just started calling me that, even coaches, managers, and it really just stuck. And then I decided I liked the animal also, so uh, I went to I went to prep school in Lake Placid, and there are a lot of moose there. Um, however, for the longest time, I never saw a real one <laughs> until my senior year, when there was one in like by like downtown Lake Placid, just outside of you know the little village Main Street, and uh, I I saw one, and it was it was kind of like far up on a hill. So they they weren't letting people close to it close to it and there were like, cops around, but but it was it was awesome and I can say that I actually saw a real moose and was like you know, like two hundred hundred feet maybe from it two hundred feet from it.
1: <laughs> I like it. Spirit animal. That's that's when it was locked in for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh man, I love that. I love that. Yeah, my, my sister's my sister Jessie that comes to the game, she used to have trouble with her R's too. So for the longest I was a Oh, that's cute, though. so you know good times all right so um but moose uh we're talking because the the announcement of you officially re-signing with the riveters has come out and you know usually you you put out a press the press release comes out you know maybe someone does a little write-up but as you know things are a little bit different in the hockey climate so i definitely want to get your thoughts on uh what went into you re-signing uh first we'll go though to last season with the Riveters, uh, as someone watching closely, uh, I, I mean, I could tell that there was a lot going on with with uh, the franchise. Um, so, first off, after the season ended, and you were kind of able to put everything into perspective, where were you sitting with everything uh, as far as some, some of the things that the team and maybe even you individually had to had to really weather through last season?
0: Well, I think even from the beginning. And- by beginning i mean once the season ended my goal every every year and and, you know like in the off season has always been i want to keep playing i'm loving this so much how how can i stop i'm able to balance it so well and i can't see myself not being part of the riveters
1: Mm.
0: so with with that in mind you know obviously there were there were some bumps in the road throughout the season and and you know that's gonna happen that's happened every, every season I've played and every season in the league has been in existence. So, you know, you know, you know what you're, what you're getting yourself into when you're, when you're signing up for a startup league, like the NWHL. And that's not to say that there aren't struggles and, you know, times where you feel like, you know, you know, how could, with, what with with what's going on, you know, is, do I want to keep playing? Can I keep balancing it? with, with a full-time job, you know, for those who are in that situation. And, and I think that I've always sort of said to myself, you know, it's, it's never gonna, there's never going to be a point where, where I'm going to feel that way. And, and, you know, confidently be able to really step away from the game and, and feel like that's, you know, that's what I want to do. So, so I I really just treated it like any other any other off season that I've been through in the past and but but at the same time looking looking at really how the league responded in the off and in addressing some of some of the issues that my teammates and I had with the way things went so I think that you know right off the bat the the league sent out surveys, requesting feedback. So that was a very positive sign. And I think I definitely took a lot, a lot more time than than I have in the past in, in my responses um, with, you know, details and, and really just giving, giving the league a full picture of, of our, my experience. And also, you know, speaking on behalf, on behalf of, of the teams, I feel like a lot of us sort of came together and had a lot of um, similar frustrations or really areas where we saw the, that the league could, could improve. So I, I, re, I really took a t- took time to fill out that, that survey. And, and when uh, the announcement was made of, of the, of how our contracts would be changing um, specifically payment, and that was not our only concern. Salaries weren't our only concern, but, but that to see that the salary caps were increasing and, you know, the revenue share model, that was definitely a good sign early on that we were, that we were pushing towards that. And, and then the, the league ended up, ended up giving us that essentially. So, um, you know, I was, I always stayed interested and really just tried to to take in all the information I could and, and talk with a bunch of different people to uh, try and figure out what I wanted to do and, and make an educated decision.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I want to I stay there for a little bit because, um, you know, I spoke to Fitzy maybe a few weeks ago, and she didn't allude ic- explicitly to the survey as you did, but I've also spoken to other people, and I know there was feedback that that people were giving. But one of the things that, that, uh, that Katie mentioned that I thought was interesting and has been one of the things that presumably has been addressed by the league, uh, it's actually a return to how they used to do things, is with a general manager. And I'll just leave it open ended there. Uh, um, what do you make of that change um, specifically given how last season went for the Riveters and um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on how that could um, if it will um, you know, make things a little bit easier perhaps for the the team leadership?
0: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was actually the first, the first like big announcement that, that was made when um, Kate had contacted me and, and told me she was going to, be our general manager next season. That was great news. Um, I really like Kate. I think we've developed a close relationship. I'm coaching a clinic with her um, in July, July to August. So I was really excited about that. And I think there, there is a huge need for it. That was definitely something that I put in my survey responses that a general manager is needed just for that, that separation between, you know, management and, and coaching staff. That's. I think that's really important. Obviously, all the professional leagues have that. Even you know, even, um, even like for example, low, low, lower levels. Not even just professional. Lower levels, like ju- junior boys, junior teams, and um, and AHL teams, for example. So that's that's super important. Obviously, that model works, and and there's there's a need for it. So I'm I'm really glad that. The, the league listen to the players again that just shows you that they're they're willing to make it work with us and and not only have you know the fans and and sponsors and all and all those external parties their interests in mind but also the players um so that that meant a lot and to see that change happen so fast was was a really good sign
1: yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that kind of leads me to then that uh, a lot of people have interpreted all that has happened in the off season. It's been a busy off season in a lot of different ways. I think we're also starting to see more recently the complexity truly of um, of how people are are just, as you said, kind of thinking about and, and um, measuring up what what is available and, and what their their wants and needs and, and truly what what they're able to do as far as continuing to play hockey. And so some of that is, again, I talked to Katie. We talked about general managers. We talked about the Riveters. But she is someone who, as of right now, um, has committed to not signing with the NWHL. And so I'll use that as a segue to talk a little bit about For the Game and as you said, you already, uh, you already mentioned that you, you did take some time to assess. But uh, if you could just kind of let listeners and readers know what were some of those things for you in light of CWHL closing and, and uh, you know, a group of 200 plus people wanting better for uh, professional hockey in women's professional hockey in North America, um, what made you comfortable and, and confident to uh, return to the Riveters?
0: Well, obviously, when uh, over 200 players are speaking up in, in support of that, you know, it's going to catch people's attention. You know, as a player, you have to do your due diligence and and, and listen and, and take in all the information that you need to make, like I said, make an edu- educated decision. So that's that's really what I did. I kind of was, was like Switzerland <laughs> from, you know, like from the day that that the uh, social media post first went out announcing announcing the boycott and the, uh, the players association. So it, I'll admit it was a little bit hard not to to post anything, but you know when you when you see all your friends and peers doing that. But at the same time, I I think that I have so much loyalty to the Riveters and and to the NWHL that it was hard for me to make a rash decision like that and put something out there. That's so public without really taking the time to fully understand what I, what you're, you know, what you're doing and making that sort of declaration. So I held off on, on doing that and really just tried to learn more and talk to different people about it and, and, and really hear both sides. So, so that's what I did. And obviously it led me to this decision to sign with, with the Riveters. Um, but it, but it was, it was a, a long process. Well, it felt, it felt a lot longer than it actually was, but, um, obviously there's so many things happening all, all at once. You really just need to pay attention to everything and then see where, you know, you're, what, where I struggled was my heart and my head. Mm. So, which, you know, obviously, that's any desi- big decision you make that that's going to come into question. Um, and as, as it moved along, I started to really fall in aligned with the with the league, um, just based on conversations with the Riveter staff, with other players, with people completely outside of the game who, you know, maybe are hockey fans, but don't even play, um, or, or never, never played. Um, and, and also, yes, this, the staff, fans, um, people not even involved with, the, with the league and just not, you know, it, 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 it kind of started as people coming, coming to me <laughs> and obviously I'm not you know, in a position to really speak about it with certain people. But at the same time, I would sort of throw questions back at them or just let give them the opportunity to speak about it and really just listen. Because those, you know, those people understood it, the position I was in and how, you know, right after all this was happening, I couldn't really, you couldn't really say much about it. And at the same time, I didn't really, really know enough to feel like I, I could say something. So based on those conversations, I, you know, it didn't, at first it didn't, it didn't help sway me really much. But as, as time went on, I, I just realized that I, that I, I wanted to be playing hockey next year. And uh, that's really what led me to the, the decision. I want to compete for another championship for another Isabel cup And uh, I want to, I want, I still want to be able to engage with the fans who have supported the Riveters for five years. And even, even if they're new fans, um, I love that part of, of being a professional hockey player, engaging with the fans, you know, talking with youth, youth players. And uh, obviously that's, that's the league's mission. And I'm, I'm definitely stand with that mission. And that's, that's always been at the forefront, I think and i and that and it is important so um you know at a certain at a certain point you you need to realize that you know that, you know there it's much bigger than just you or even your team or even the league there's there's so many people in, invested in it um so you really need to take time and care with that decision and and that's what i did
1: yeah i think that's um i think that's more than at least outwardly what seems to be happening on social media and and you know you and I were talking a little bit offline before we started recording about how this is difficult for people who've been involved in hockey in one way or another you know as a fan as a media member as a staff member of of any one of these uh, women's hockey leagues Um, so I I guess what I'm trying to get a sense from from you Moose and, and everyone honestly that I talk to is uh, you know, you said you were Switzerland, so that means that you know there's one side and there's the other, and I think that's how uh, you know again the the conversation seem to to lie there on on you you have to pick a side, and and presumably you know people will say that you have picked a side. Um, I'm curious. I'm trying to ask a question here, but like, uh, do, is that how you see it? Is it? Do you see this as an either or? Um, are there conversations that either are happening somewhere in in-between or that you wish were happening in in-between? You know, where does the, the state of women's hockey in that respect lie right now, do you think?
0: I think there are definitely a lot of people who are, who are still in between. And, um, you know, just because they posted something on social media might not necessarily mean that that's still where they stand. Or even, you know, how they felt with all of their, you know, heart and, and mind at that at that time when it was posted. So I think that a lot a lot of people are sort of in the in the middle still. And I mean, there's probably not enough conversation happening because people people probably do feel like they need to choose sides. I I I think I did initially and then I realized, no, I don't have to. Like, ultimately, I either sign with the Riveters or, you know, continue with the, the play or be involved in the Players Association. So there is sort of a time where you have to make a choice. And, you know, as time – as the, the season gets closer, that's that's definitely more at the forefront and, and, and a, approaching very quickly. Um, but – I think that just by taking a stance one way or the other, that's not really the full story. So I think it's it is very important for for those players to be heard you know, regardless of which side they're on or or how they're feeling about it, or they maybe in the middle like I was previously because again everyone everyone has the same goal everyone everyone wants a sustainable league everyone wants to be role models for young girls and, and give them a product that give them and, and all fans a product that you know that is viable and and the most elite it can be um, but it, I think people, where people just differ is on on how to how to do that and how to get there the quickest way possible
1: Yeah, so uh, the phrase I've been using for several, uh, almost months now, is I guess we got to hold on to our asses and uh, see what happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Okay, but, um, you know, another piece of this conversation, and it's not new to professional hockey, is that, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, it looks like, national team players are going to um, be elsewhere and I think that that there's another piece of the conversation that I think is more complex personally than it than the ink that it receives is you know the the idea of the, the types of opportunities that the league is is going to offer to some players who were playing in the cwhl or players like yourself who um i mean i'm a big moose fan i I, you can (laughs) check the tweets on that one but you know that you you um you didn't always crack the the roster and 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 get on the bench um so I mean, do you think it's fair to have these conversations? Are these some of the things that you thought about um, going into this season in particular, knowing that it would be closer to what we saw in in season three as far as roster spaces and and, and opportunities? Where where, do you, where are you at with that?
0: Well, I I have to be one hundred percent honest. I obviously that's that's like a, that was a huge consideration for me. It's not why I signed because you know. I've sort of been in that that role for the past three seasons and I was never in that, really in that type of role ever previously in my career. So it's been something new for me, but at the same time, I think my, what's been really rewarding about it is just, you know, teammates, even, even staff members, even members of the media fans, pulling me aside and and saying, you know, what you do for the, for the team and the organization, the league doesn't go unnoticed. And even though you don't have the biggest role, um, like for example, my teammates have like called out, um, just like my ability to push them in practice or just, you know, being a leader, um, leading by example and just, just doing the little things, even though, even though I might not always have the most minutes every game. So, I mean, that feels good. And obviously you want to be that, that top player that your, that your teammates can rely on. And that's the, you know, a role that I would like to fill this season. But at the same time, I, I, I do, you know, value myself as a player and a teammate and it's it's been nice that other people have recognized it. And those that, those types of players in any in any league on any team, they they are an important piece to the puzzle. So I've sort of learned how to you know fill that role and still get all everything out of it, the experience that I that I possibly can, because because it's hard. It's hard sometimes, you know, when you're putting in just as much time and, and effort and do it, doing everything you're supposed to do um, when, you know, it might not always come in the form of of ice time or playing in the, the big situations. But like I said, it's every team needs those type of players. And the fact that I've been able to play defense and forward, you know, I've, I've essentially learned a new position, which has been really fun for me. It's, it's, it was, very challenging at first, but I was more of an offensive defenseman, so <laughs> it kind of, it kind of made made sense. And in college, my uh, coach played around with me at forward a little bit; was short lived, but <laughs> but um, I've I've just enjoyed learning new things and and just being someone that my teammates can can count on not only on the ice but but off the ice. So um, hopefully, moving forward, I can still continue to have that role, but also be more of an impact player Ugh. Bravo,
1: bravo! that was beautiful i love it <laughs> <laughs> oh it's a joy it's such a joy to talk to all of you uh uh but anyway so i'm 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 fangirling out here but uh, <laughs> i'm I'm gonna get it together i'm gonna get it together uh, <laughs> is, i'm going through withdrawals here but uh um, so am i Jeez, come on so the other thing that i i want to talk to you about is uh you know you have talked a few times about having an affinity to this franchise. Particularly, I would imagine it's not a stretch here because it's in New Jersey and <laughs> at least used to be affiliated with the New Jersey Devils. So now I'm not going to ask you to throw the Devils under the bus, unless you absolutely want to, which you're totally, uh, you know, that's... I wouldn't dream you. of it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. But I guess my 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 question pulling back from that is that we have seen that because of For the Game, um, that that there has been a, a waiver in support of this particular um league and and this model for women's hockey Um, and I think early on that there was a lot of criticism and a lot of doubt if the NWHL would be able to survive some of the hits of Pagula giving the team back to the league or, again, of the Devils um, ending prematurely their strategic alliance. Um, You know, again, we already know that you've signed, um, but as a player, as someone who also, you've already mentioned that you want to progress the women's side of the game and and be an inspiration to f- to fans and stuff. When those types of things happen, what's the initial reaction? Um, but but now that that you know uh, that's all said and done, uh, what are you hopeful for for the for the sponsors and and the supporters that have stuck it out with the league?
0: Yeah. So um, I I kind of expected that to happen. Especially after Pugula uh, announced that they were turning partners, uh, their ownership back over to the league, I, f- I figured that others, other partners, sponsors might follow. Um, that, however, when I re- when I received the news, I'm 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 not gonna lie, I was I was pretty hurt. <laughs> Uh, it's hard hard not to take it personally, but obviously it's not me, (laughs) but, 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 well, you know, with the, the love that I have for the, the devils and, and the riveters and just Jersey pride in general, it was, it was just really sad to see, but, but since it's happened, um, you know, I, I've definitely even right initially, I, I understood it. And like I said, I expected it, but I think that it will open up other opportunities And, and there'll be, there'll be other partners wanting, wanting to work with us. And at this, and at the same time, also, Devils fans who have become Riveters fans, I don't think that that's going to impact their support for the Riveters. Um, I mean, as far as attracting new fans within, within, um, you know, the Devils fan group currently, I think that's still attainable to, too who you know who might who may not have been to a riveters game yet at least you know the partnership did exist most devils devils fans i've talked to know who the riveters are and and actually before i even say that i play for the riveters people have brought it up to me <laughs> which i find pretty cool and um and you know i don't necessarily have to go out promoting the riveters they they already know know our name and you know some of them have even said i'm i been meaning to get out out to a game so i don't i don't think that that you know the ramifications are are going to be that that bad from at least from like a support perspective of of devil's fans and everything that in our partnership we've we've sort of worked to build but at the same time you know for me just being a devil's fan it it's 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 a little upsetting, but obviously, I still am a devil's diehard. I always will be <laughs> that's never changing. um completely un- understand their decision. Um obviously, there are all always other factors and and things that go on behind the scenes that that no that nobody knows or only the people in those conversations know. Um, so you can't really just just react and, and feel a certain way, you sort of have to say, okay, well, what else, what else, what else happened? What else could have led to this decision? But again, I think it will open up, up the opportunity for other organizations affiliated with hockey or even in, you know, in other industries or categories too. um, you know, just because it it fills it it fills a hole, and and there's there's an opportunity for um, for others to get involved, and I think that given the the success of the league and and just what what, what was accomplished in during our partnership with the Devils, um, I think other organizations will recognize the the value in in a partnership and and really just promoting, promoting the sport, growing the sport, but also, you know, benefiting mutually.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I'll get you out of here on this one. Talk a little bit more about you and your game and, and, and what you're hoping for this next season. I mean, is it too early Moose uh, for you to, to be making uh, s- and setting out goals? Uh, how are you preparing and, and, and getting ready for season five? Yeah,
0: so uh, at this point, it's it's probably unknown. It is unknown whether I'll be playing defense or forward. I think that will kind of um, surface as as we continue to fill out the roster. But at this point, I think, and 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 less so than in prior seasons, I don't I don't really care. I'm willing to play whatever. Um, like I said, I've I've really embraced that role of, you know, being a versatile player and, you know, playing defense when needed or forward when needed. And now I joke around with, you know, you know, my family and friends that I don't even know what I, what position I like better (laughs) at this point. I mean, I'll, I'll always be a defenseman, um, you know, deep, deep down, I think just because I spent most of my career playing defense, but that's not to say that I haven't enjoyed playing forward and, and I think that it's also helped my game in a lot of ways, as far as speed and quickness and always just thinking, move your feet first. Um, so it's created, I think it's created a lot of good habits in me. So if I do at some point start playing more defense that I'll, I'll use those, those skills that I've sort of sharpened while playing forward to my, to my advantage on defense and, and maybe, um, you know, be a, be more offensive from the defensive position. Uh, as as far as preparation, my, I mean, my goal is really, really, like I said, to be a, an an impact player, and be in the lineup for every single game. Um, that each season there's been been games where I haven't dressed, and my goal is really just to to play in every game. And I think that with that with that consistency and being in those game like situations on a on a more regular basis, that that I'll be able to sort of get into a little bit more of a, of a rhythm and that that will come through in in my performance on the ice. And, and, and knowing that going into the season um, thinking that maybe, maybe national team players um, as well as some others might not be in the league. There's obviously opportunity there for a player like me to step up and, and fill fill a, a more significant role. So that's, that's what I intend to do. And, and that's, that's, that's definitely reflected in, in the way that I'm, I'm training, uh, and, and moving forward. Um, because I, you know, at this point I'm feeling like it's really, it's really my chance to, and to become the player that I, that I know I can be in the Nash, in the NWHL. And, um, there's no better time than,
1: than now. Amen to that. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, you know, if I haven't told you enough, I mean, happy to know you, kid. Uh, you know, just just so so excited and and so thankful to to be able to to watch what you all do and and get to learn the game. I truly learned hockey through watching the Riveters, so it's it's been fun.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, we love you too. <laughs> we love it every every time when you're at the rink. Yeah. <laughs> Or uh, even just you know through through the hallways uh, saying hello. It, it always puts a smile on my face, and and that's 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 another reason why I, that you know I want I wanted to keep playing in the league. It's because of the people. Everyone in the media is great. All the staff. It's they really make you feel like like you're like you're important and what you're doing matters. Um, So I've developed a lot of relationships and and, and I want to continue to grow those relationships with all all those different people. So I'm excited for another season. All right, cool.
1: (laughs) Well, all right, Moose, I'm gonna let you go. Thank you so much for taking some time out to chat. I, I truly enjoyed this conversation. I mean, I don't think we've ever like properly like sat down and had a conversation like uh, interview style. So this was great. No, we
0: haven't. It's always been casual. Oh, I know. And this was pretty casual too. So I try to I keep like it, it. <laughs> yeah. I
1: try to keep it, you know. But I gotta challenge you a little bit. A little bit. I, I'm I a little more it. off the cuff when I'm just talking to you and like you said in, in at practice. But I gotta I gotta poke and prod. I gotta keep you everyone honest. All right. So we know what's really happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well enjoy the summer. And uh, I'll be
0: seeing you soon. Thank you, you too. Nice nice talking to you. Have a good summer.
1: What a great interview that was with Moose. So glad she agreed to come on to the Founding Four podcast. Um, We're really excited that we are now an independently run podcast, which means I have to give a shout out and a thank you to those OGs, the original patrons that joined me over on Sports Talk with ELA. The Founding Four podcast will be the main flagship podcast of a new women's sports podcast network I am building out. So don't worry, the Will definitely be NWHL coverage. By the way, by way of the Founding Four podcast. But I also want to make sure that we are covering the PWHPA women's basketball. We're getting ready to um, finish up WNBA season, but of course, the NCAA women's basketball season is coming up, and we've got some exciting things that we're looking forward to. in in respect to that. And then, of course, there's women's soccer. We're wrapping up the NWSL season. But as those from the Patreon community know, I try to give you insights from a lot of different athletes and different women in and around sports. So that will continue. Thank you for those who've joined us on Patreon. If you're not already, check out Sports Talk with ELA. And as always, you can find me over at the Founding 4 Podcast Twitter. That's at Founding4Pod, the Number at Founding... At Founding4Pod, say that five times fast, at Founding4Pod over on Twitter. You can follow me personally at E Lindsay08, that's E L I N D S A Y 08 on Twitter, the same. On Instagram, Also have a YouTube where for those who, uh, if you want to listen to the Founding Four podcast on YouTube, I have a playlist. So all of that I'll make sure are in the show notes. But for now, I want to thank Moose for coming on to the Founding Four podcast. You can check Moose out as the Riveters open up the 2019-2020 season against the Boston Pride. That's Saturday, October 5th at Pro Skate, That's the new home ice for the Riveters. So make sure you check that out. Also, we'll have that in the show notes and you can follow us on Twitter for more information as the season comes up. It's almost time. It's almost time, everyone. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you are liking, subscribing, sharing, and commenting. One of the comments that we have going around now is what should be Anya Packer's new nickname? She's got a new last name. She needs a new nickname. So make sure you head over to Founding4Pod to weigh in on that. Until next time, this is Eric Ayala and bye bye.